Good morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn to 1 John. We're continuing our series this summer on 1 John. And last week, we looked at how John was warning the readers, he's warning us, um, to, that we be careful that we don't love the world, and that instead that he's encouraging us to love God, to give ourselves to God, to, to say to God, as you wish, out of love to him. And this morning, he, he's going to continue warning us, warning the readers uh, about dangers, par- particularly the dangers of, of being deceived by others, by other teachers, and, and by other information that, that would lead them away from the love of God. So listen to 1 John 2, verses 18 to 27. If you don't have a Bible that's printed in your order of worship, and you can follow along there. This is God's word. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they, are, they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus, Christ, Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that as we look at your word together that you would open our eyes to help us to see your truth. We, we thank you for the gift of your spirit that teaches us, that guides us. Father, we pray that your spirit would be work, working now, actively, powerfully in us to show us what you want us to see and even to change us. And we pray that, uh, that we would be receptive to that. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, fantastic news. All of my family's financial concerns are a thing of the past. I see I've, I've gotten an email, and there's a person overseas <laughs> who has come into millions of dollars. And all I need to do, they, they're having trouble transferring it over to the state. So all I need to do is give them my bank account information, and they're going to share that money with me. How awesome is that? <laughs> you got one too? Yeah, I actually haven't gotten one of those in a while, but uh, I mean, we're all familiar with those, those emails, those scams, you know, the people that are trying to, to deceive you into trusting them, into believing them, and, and then to take advantage of you. Um, sadly, 
There's no shortage of these people in this world that are trying to deceive us, right? Especially with technology advancing, uh, the availability of information, there's all sorts of different ways. I mean, I, I don't know how, how regularly I get you know, calls saying that my, my credit card has been compromised and I just need to give them my information and, and everything will be okay. Or, or this past, uh, past year, I, I got one about from the IRS, supposedly, right? The IRS called me and said there was a problem with my tax return. And of course, I, I don't want to, there to be a problem with my tax return, so all I need to do is give them my information and everything will be sorted out. And, uh, and thankfully, I, you know, I, I, looked at the, uh, I looked it up on the internet and found out that there was large, these, all these scams going on about these people impersonating the IRS. And, um, but, but they're you know, becoming more and more you know, uh, uh, just uh, ingenious and, and trying different things. In the past few months, there's been a person who twice, I don't know if it's the same person or multiple people, twice they, they've gone onto our church website and they've found all the people's emails who are on the website, like the people who are in leadership positions on the website, and then they send those people an email impersonating me, saying, hi, this is Jeff, I need your help, somebody in the church is in need, and I just need you to get me a couple uh, you know, Amazon gift cards that can help them out. And so I'm sure everybody wants to help, you know, and you know, thankfully Art's like, why are you e- emailing me when you're, I'm in the building with you, you know? <laughs> and, but but they, they're relentless, right? They're, they're these, there's always these efforts to deceive, and, and unless you have a strategy in life, for making sure you don't get taken advantage, it's, it's very easy to get, to get caught up in one of these things. You need strategies to make sure you're not taken advantage of. You, know, you, need, you need rules in life. You, know, like you never click on a link that is sent to you by somebody else, right? Hopefully you don't. Make sure that, that they actually send it to you before you do it. Um, or, or you never give somebody the, your information who calls you up out of the blue that you don't know. Um, and uh, so you need strategies to make sure you're not deceived. This is what John is doing here in this passage. He's warning us that there's a real threat of deception. Verse 25, he says this specifically, right? He says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Well, what are they in danger of being deceived about? What are they in danger of being deceived about? What are we in danger of being deceived about? Well, apparently at the time, John's writing this letter, there, there are these teachers, these people who were in the church and now no longer in the church, who are trying to teach them things that are not true about who Jesus is. They're trying to to deny uh, the reality of who Jesus is, that he's the son of God, that he is the Christ, that he's the anointed one, that that Jesus is the answer to their greatest problem. They're they're trying to teach the people that there's something else that they need. They need more knowledge. They need something else in order to be okay, in order to know God, in order to, to have eternal life, in order to have life. And so they're, they're dis- there's these teachers that are deceiving them about the, the true nature of who Jesus is and what they need. And, uh, and, and John's pointing out that there's, there's a real sense of urgency here, right? He says at the very beginning in verse 18, he says, it's the last hour, children. It's the last hour. I mean, some of us hear him say the last hour and we hear the word antichrist and some of us who've been in the church a long time, or been, you know, we, we hear the word antichrist and we're thinking, well, that's in the future. There's going to be this, this big, powerful person who comes out and fights Jesus in the end. But that's not what John's talking about here. Um, he's actually talking about this, the, these people who, uh, it's basically anybody who's teaching something that is opposed to the truth of who God is and who Jesus is. And that is who the Antichrists are. And he says it's the last hour. This isn't talking about some future time. He's saying it is now the last hour. Back then, it was the last hour. And often when the Bible talks about the last hour or the last days, it's not talking about some distant future time that we have to worry about. 
He's talking about now. The last hour actually refers to the time between when Jesus first came and, and ascended to heaven and when he's going to come back. And so we've been living ever since that time, the people in, in that John's writing to and, and us, we're all living in the last hour. We're all living in this time of this where we need to be very careful. There's an urgency to the way that we live and the, and the things that we think about and the way that we respond to the information that's given to us. Um, and we need to take great care and realize that we need to be ready at any moment for the return of Jesus. And so there's this urgency, and, and, and we are still living in the last hour, and there's this, this great pressure for deception. There's this great pressure for deception, for deception that, that would lead us away from who Jesus is, that would lead us away from the fact, that from the truth, that Jesus is ultimately the one that we really need, that would lead us away from the fact that Jesus is alive and that he's God that he's the anointed one, that he's Christ. And for us, um, I think it's true, there are still teachers today in our world. Um, I mean, there's a lot of teachers that, that have all sorts of different ways that they can convey information, whether it's you know, on TV programs or through podcasts or all sorts of things, through books. We need to be very careful on what we are, the information that we're taking in from different teachers, that we aren't deceived, because there are plenty of teachers out there, plenty of teachers who claim to be Christians, who actually aren't teaching the reality of who Jesus is, the truth about who Jesus is. And we need to be careful about that. We need to, to, to resist being deceived by those teachers. But I think there's also a sense in which the, the, the principle of the Antichrist is present in our world, in our culture, among people who are not Christians. There's all sorts of places where we receive information, right? whether it's from pop culture, people that we, that we celebrate and look up to, famous people, whether they're singers or movie stars, or whether it's uh, political leaders, whether it's just friends, people that we get information from on Facebook, you know? Um, the memes that we see on Facebook are things that can all lead us away from things that are truly true. They can lead us away from the reality of Jesus, the fact that he is the Christ, that he is the one that we need, he is the pathway to know God and to have life. And so we need to develop a strategy. We need to have a strategy for making sure that we are not deceived and led away from what we truly need, which is Jesus. Um, so the first, uh, and, and, I wanna, and the strategy that I think John recommends here has to do with three things. It has to do with standing, sticking, and studying. Okay, Standing, sticking, and studying. First of all, we need to stand with one another. We need to stand with one another. In verse 18, John points out that the, there, there's this presence of the false teachers, the Antichrists, right? They've come. Then in verse 19, he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they'd been of us, they would have con continued with us. But they went out that, that, that it might be complained that they all are not of us. So th there are these teachers that used to be part of their community, and now as their teaching became uh, you know, it became clear that their teaching was different. They, they began to separate themselves from the community and not be willing to be corrected by the community. And, and so there's this us and this them, this us and this they, right? And they become separated. Um, the, these, these false teachers are not willing to stay in the community and be corrected by the community as far as what they're teaching. And simply what I want to point out is, is, is the, importance that, uh, the, the importance of community when it comes to figuring out what is true and what is false. We need the community of believers. We need one another 
to help us to, to remind us what is really true, what God has really said, and to, and to, to remind us of, of, of ways maybe that we are be, being led away from Jesus in the way that we're thinking, in the things that we're pursuing, in the way that we're living. We need one another to correct us. We need one another to remind us. We need one another to kind of pull us away from thinking that's wrong, thinking that's false. Um, when I was in college, I was young and naive and gullible, and I was in, went into the New York City with some friends of mine, and we were walking through the city, and we, we passed on the street, we passed this, this crowd of people that were like intently looking at something, something, something interesting was going on. And so we stopped and we looked and, and saw, and there's this guy who's got a, a cardboard box kind of set up, and he's, and he's got three cards, right? He's like, okay, just follow the jack, follow the jack. You just find the jack, you win the money. If you find the jack, you win the money. And so there are some people there, and I'm watching. I'm like, oh, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen this kind of a shell game thing, you know. It's interesting. And so the first person picks the, the right thing, and he wins $20. And then, and then he, he's like, follow the jack, follow the jack. And, and then the next person goes, and, and they're like, oh, it's right there. And I've, I was watching. I was like, that's not where the jack is. And, and I know it's, it's over here. And, and he revealed that it was not the jack, and the guy lost their money. I was like, oh, this is so simple. I can do this. If you're not familiar, this is a, a famous con called three-card three Monty, okay? So you, you cannot win, and the people in the crowd are in on this. There are people in the crowd who are in on this to, to, to try to deceive people as they're going by. And so I'm like, I'm like on the verge of, I'm starting to interact with the guy, you know? And he's like moving him around. I'm like, of course, it's, it's like right there. He's like, he's asking me to start putting money down. And my friend, my best friend, grabs my arm. He's like, come on, let's go. <laughs> this guy's going to take your money. You cannot win. You cannot win. And I'm thankful for my friend. I don't know how much money I would have ended up losing if I would have just been left to my own devices to just stand there and keep trying to pick the jack. But we need one another in the church to do that for us. To, as we interact with one another, as we see the ways that we are approaching life, approaching problems, approaching uh, challenges and difficulties, when we are being kind of led astray by, by maybe other people who don't know God or, or, or just the teaching of, of, you know, the, the influence, really, of, of people that we admire who are out in the world, and they're leading us to maybe put our faith in ourselves um, or to, 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 you know, to, to try to put our faith in, in, in what we can do rather than in what Christ has done and who he is and the fact that he's present. We need one another to say, come on, come on. So, so we need to stand with one another. And, and also, on top of that, I think... One of the, the challenges for us doing this is we are um, we need to first to be willing to be bold and to speak to one another about things that we see maybe in their lives where they're not really believing the reality of who Jesus is. But but part of the, the the problem with that, part of the reason that we don't do that with others, is because so many of us are quick to de to defend ourselves. We don't want to listen to what other people have to say, and we need to make make sure that we are being more open to to listening to the criticism of others and how they're correcting us in ways that we're thinking and things that we're believing. So we need to stand with one another. Secondly, we need to, we need to stick with the basic message. There's always this temptation to think that there's more out there. Um, that, that to be spiritually fulfilled, we need to be continually graduating to kind of new levels of spiritual understanding. Um, we might be tempted to be bored with what we've been doing. You know, we've been doing the same things as a Christian for years or maybe even decades. There's got to be more. There's got to be something different. I've got, you know, there, there's all sorts of 
you know, Christian books out there that will give you new strategies for how to, how to approach life and, and to have greater success spiritually and things like that. Um, I think we, there's some of us who maybe we've been coming to church for a while and my life isn't seeming to be coming, you know, be, be totally fixed. Everything in my life isn't completely fixed. And so I'm like, well, this church thing, maybe it's just not working. And so we're tempted to just kind of like leave and kind of fade away and to start putting our energy into other things and doing other things to maybe help my life uh, feel better. But one of the things that John points out here is that we need to stick with the basic message that we heard from the very beginning. He says in verse 24, he says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. John is encouraging them, he's encouraging us to make sure that, that really the living the Christian life, abiding in God, knowing God, the, the key is sticking with the basics, with what we heard from the beginning. And it all has to do with a person and a promise. A person and a promise. One of the things that he's, that he's focusing on is what? It's the person of Jesus. He's focusing on the person of Jesus. He, he's, he's correcting these, these, uh, the, these false teachers who are saying that Jesus isn't really the Christ. He, uh, the, the, what we've heard from the beginning is that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we can have life. That we can hope to have a full life. That we can hope to have life as we were meant to have it. It's through Jesus. It's through the person of Jesus. And, it's, and he goes on. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can come to know God. Every single one of us has estranged ourselves from God the Father. We have all sinned and fallen short of his glory. We've all turned our backs on him, and it, it, it isn't through anything that we can do that we can restore our relationship with him. It's only through the person of Jesus and Jesus alone. That is how we come to know God. It's through Christ, the person of Christ, and we need to continually return to Jesus, what we heard from the beginning. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one, the chosen one, the one who paid for my sin by dying on the cross, who triumphed over my sin by rising from the dead. It's only through the person of Christ. And, and it's only through the person of Christ that we experience and, and can take hold of the promise that God gives us. In verse 25, he says, this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. This is what he offers us. This is the message from the beginning. If, if we look to Jesus, if we hold on to Jesus, if we trust Jesus and Jesus alone, then we will have life, eternal life. And that's not just talking about life in the distant future. When I die, I'm going to go to heaven. That's talking about life right now that begins now. A life where I, I intimately know God and can walk with him, and can experience and, and, and know his love for me. That is what eternal life is. That is what we were made for. And that is the promise he offers us. That's, that's, that's the basic message we need to continually come back to. No matter how tempting it might be to think that, you know, there's, there's some other information, some other, you know, special prayer that I need to learn. No, it, we need to, every day we need to continually come back to the basic truth of who Jesus is, the basic truth of the fact that Jesus came because I'm way worse of a person than I even realize. 
And yet, because of Jesus, God loves me more than I can imagine. That's the basic message that we need to continually come back to every day. That's the basic message that will, will end up helping us to grow as people, as Christians, as God's children. And the, the temptation is going to remain as long as we're living in the last hour. You know, life's not perfect. It's full of pain. It's full of suffering. It's full of difficulty. And so it's going to be tempting to fall for the idea that something else, something more will offer you a better life. And, and I, d- I don't want to suggest that I, th- I think we should always be longing for a deeper understanding of God, a deeper experience of a, a daily experience of, of, of God's presence with me and things like that. But ultimately, it, it comes back to the, the way that we experience that, it comes back to Jesus. The basic, simple message. God sent his son to live a perfect life for you, on your behalf, and to die in your place and to rise from the dead that you might live, that you might live in the midst of the, the brokenness and the difficulty and the pain of our world. So we need to stick with the basic message. We need to stand with one another. We need to stick with the basic message. And lastly, we need to study with the Spirit. Verse 20 says, You have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. He talks a lot about anointing in this passage. Did you guys notice that? Then later... Later on in verse uh, 27, he says, But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. He talks a lot about this anointing. What is he talking about when he talks about the anointing, that we have been given an anointing? Well, in the Old Testament, there were several types of people that were anointed, okay? First, there were there were priests were anointed. They were, they were set apart by God as, uh, you know, to say that his hand was upon their life to, to serve him in a special purpose. Kings were anointed in the Old Testament. To, again, similar, similarly, to be set apart by God. His hand is on them. They were special. They were privileged. And, and then prophets were also anointed by God um, to say that they were special. They were set apart for his purposes. So, so in one sense, as you look at this passage, John reminds us all that we are anointed. We've been anointed. Every person who's a Christian has been anointed. And, and so that's incredibly encouraging to think about the fact that these, this privileged group of special people in the Old Testament were anointed, and now so are we, that God has set us apart, that God has put his hand upon us to say, you are special. My favor is on you. I've... I've, I've I've called you to myself for a special purpose. But I think there's more to the anointing used here um, than just telling us that we are privileged and that we're special and that God's hand is upon us. Um, He says, the anointed that you receive from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. This this anointing has something to do with with truth, with the fact that we've received truth, that that we've been taught. And I had us read this passage earlier in John, right? John also wrote in his gospel about what, what is, what is the, how, do, how, do we, how are we taught? How does Jesus say he's gonna, we're going to be taught when he leaves? He says he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. He's going to give us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into truth. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you. The Holy Spirit's going to be your tutor, in a sense, to help you know what is true and what is not, what is true and what is false. And so I think John, I think he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. He's talking about the fact that every person who's come to believe in the message, the simple gospel message, has received the gift of the Holy Spirit to live in us, to speak to us, to teach us, to help us see more clearly 
what is true and what is false. And so in a very real way, we, we have a study partner as we live life. You know, I, in college, I, I sometimes I would have study partners where I, I would go to the, the, the library with a group of people and we'd just sit at a desk and we'd study together. That's, that's not the study partner I'm talking about. A good study partner does what? A good study partner meets with you, asks you questions. A good study partner, actually, you're able to ask them questions. You interact with that study partner to help you understand the material better, right? And so that's why I have here, we, we need to learn to study with the Spirit. As we live our lives, we need to be aware of the fact that God has given us his Spirit. That the Spirit is real, and he is present in my life. See, it, there, there are some traditions in Christianity that, that are very much more attuned to the presence of the Spirit. Presbyterianism isn't one of the ones that, that, would, that would really highlight the Spirit. Often we downplay the Spirit, because I think a lot of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit, maybe. Seems a little too weird, a little too out of control for us. We like to just stay up here and think about what's true and what's right. But I think in a real way, God says, John says, that, that God has given us his spirit to show us things, to teach us, to change us. And we, in a real way, need to learn to interact with the spirit of God on a daily basis. We need to not just focus on what we've been given. And, and this is the thing. I think he says, he, he doesn't just say, okay, you've been given the Spirit, just follow the lead of the Spirit. He says, stay with what you learned from the beginning, but you also need to pay attention to the Spirit. These two things work together. But I think a lot of times we just focus on what we've learned and we just don't think about the Spirit at all. We need to learn to listen to the Spirit in our lives. We need to learn to, as, as we live our lives, as, as, we, as we deal with situations in our lives, as we interact with people, as we think about, you know, what does God want me to say to this person? What, what is the truth that God wants me to communicate to this person? We need to pay, pay attention. What, what is the Spirit leading me to say? And that's in conjunction with what we've heard, the truth of God, His Word. And so we need to learn to study with the Spirit. We need to pay attention to Him. We need to ask Him things. We need to depend on Him on a daily basis on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. The Spirit is an incredible gift of God that we must not ignore or take for granted. We must learn to pay attention to Him. And we have one another to help us learn to do this. Let's talk about what does that mean. Okay? So this is the strategy we need to employ um, if we don't want to be deceived we, uh, by, by bad teachers, by our culture, by the values and ideals of our friends, even by our own hearts, because that's another danger. Uh, the Bible points out that our, our own hearts are even deceptive. We need to stand with one another. We need to stick to the basic message of the gospel. We need to study with the Spirit. But one last thing he finishes up, I don't know if you, you notice this, but one of the most common words, the most, most used words in this whole passage is what? It's abide right? It's abide. And that's how he finishes. Just as it has taught you, abide in him. This is, the word, this is a word that John uses a lot. Um, we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks because John doesn't stop using the word abide. What does it mean to abide? Well, there's, there's like a lot, I think, tied up in, in that idea of what it means to abide. But in one sense, I think, in one sense, all, all he's communicating is that you've got to keep doing this. You've got to not stop doing this. You've got to keep doing this. Keep paying attention to the Spirit. Keep reminding yourself of what you learned in the beginning. Keep reminding yourself of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. You need to keep doing it over and over and over again and never stop. Never stop. Um, some uh, popular apps these days on our phones use this, uh, this feature. They, have, they, they use something called a streak. 
any of you guys are familiar with using some apps like Snapchat, those of you guys who use Snapchat, you can have a snap streak going. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. But if you basically Snapchat is where you send a picture to somebody else, they send a picture back to you, you can communicate to them. And if you communicate to one another within every 24 hours, you get a streak going. And so there are some people I know who have been like obsessed. I can't let my streak go. I've got to keep it going. You know, I can't, I've, I've got a streak with this person that's like 250 days long. I can't stop. So, you know, when they go away, they have actually have other people do it for them or something. It's craziness. But there's a streak. I, I've been doing, a, um, I've been actually trying to learn Spanish lately, lately using this app called Duolingo. And that's another feature on Duolingo. As long as I spend, you know, five minutes or ten minutes doing, practicing my Spanish every day, then I keep my streak alive. And so there's this tremendous pressure, you know. Last night, I had to make sure I did it before I went to bed or I lost my streak. <laughs> it's so discouraging when you lose your streak, you know. Um, but but that's in a sense, that's what, what, it, what it means to abide. God's saying, keep the streak alive. Keep coming back to my truth, to the, to the truth of Jesus, what he has done for you. Keep coming back to the presence of the Spirit. Keep the streak alive. Don't let this streak lapse. Sadly, um, for our, you know, we're all going to mess up our streaks. I, I don't know anybody who's had a perfect streak in any app, you know? I've messed up on Duolingo and missed a day, and, I, and, and that's always going to happen. I, I'm, and so even as God tells us to abide, the good news that we have to take hold of and remember, as you look at this passage, he tells us to abide in him, but what does he also say? He reminds us that his word abides in us, that his anointing abides in us. It's not just about us keeping the streak up with God. The good news is that God is also keeping a streak, and his streak never fails. He never stops paying attention to what's going on in our lives. He never stops working in our lives. He never stops loving us. You know, in those, those apps, you get different emojis for how long your streak goes. God's got like a million bazillion fire emojis in the streak that he's got in your life, the way that he's loving you every moment of every day. And that is the encouraging thing as he encourages us to abide in him. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us because uh, we, we desperately need your spirit to work in us, that you would help us to abide, that you would help us to, to continually return to your word, to return to the truth of, of the basic message of the gospel, of who Jesus is, what he has done. We need your spirit to work in us, to, to build relationships with each other where we are honest with each other, where we are, we're open to, to one another's honesty with us, to point out where we are maybe not believing things that, that are in line with who you are and with who Jesus is. Father, we are thankful that as you call us to abide in you, we have this incredible promise, this incredible truth that you are always abiding, that you are continuing to love us, even when we fail especially when we fail. Father, we pray that we, we thank you for the gift of, of the message of, of the truth of Jesus. We pray that you would help us to cling to it and to hold it up high and to celebrate it. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.